0: Into episode one hundred and thirty of the Natural Hat Trick podcast, alongside Craig Morgan.
1: I'm not going to scream anymore. And Jamie Eisner. I'm also not going to scream anymore. I'm You're actually talking though,
0: so that's that's, that's true difference. Does Jamie not usually talk?
2: Not when you
1: introduce him. No, I usually just stay silent. He stares at you.
0: I need that sort of reaffirmation that that he he hears me and he accepts what I'm saying about him. Well, one of those
1: is true. <laughs>
0: I guess we'll never know which one. Uh, we've got some some uh, business to attend to before we start the show okay so greg meal put together a fantastic bingo card natty hattie bingo i don't remember whose brilliant idea it was it sounds like something i would have come up with but he actually put it into practice
1: right and he said also by the way i'm 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 certain i'm almost certain that it was my idea because i think i made a joke about we say the same things if this was natty hattie bingo can you believe this guy I'm just gonna. I'm let gonna, you gonna take fight. full credit. Trying to have I'm a moment take full over here. For this. I, I forgot Jamie but, 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 was even but, but in here. But more importantly, Leftovers screwed something up. That's the most important part of this whole segment. Right. So
0: he, so Greg sends us this card, and, and instantly, like it's it's perfect because if a listener sends in the card, then none of us have any influence over what's on it. So we quickly print it out. Or Chris Schubert, our esteemed producer, or leftovers, uh, leftovers, as Jamie calls it. Neither esteemed <laughs> nor really a producer. Okay, so Chris Schubert, leftovers. It prints the card out. He has it. He's the one that rings in the bell every time. We trusted him. We we did. I don't know that we – at least Jamie won't ever again. So now this email comes from Greg a couple weeks ago. And I won't read the whole thing, but he said, you know, great pod the last few weeks as always. I'll read that part because it, it paints us in a good light. Uh, but I'm all he, about it. He does point out – and now this was – this was over a week ago, so this I should have read this before last week's episode. So we
2: we done one
1: podcast since? Or yeah, we've done two? one podcast yeah. since. One Luke podcast didn't have his laptop since. last week, and then looked oh, yeah. like, then he used Chris's extra laptop and looked like he had never used a laptop before in his life. Yeah,
0: I, I mean, had all these keys on it. I'm used to just having, like, two buttons. So he said, uh, he goes on, he's like, you know, it's, it's been fun hearing you guys try to hit bingo, but your producer has missed three references thus far.
1: Oh, really?
0: Um, and here they are. Okay. Oh wait, what? This is great because we can attack. Get these. We can attack Chris, and he doesn't have a mic to defend himself. And this is the way. Like, the be legal so anticlimactic if we get Bingo right here and now.
1: Or, or,
0: or, will it be the most climactic if we get it this way?
1: I don't know. Because then
0: Jamie can hold us over over Chris pretty much forever.
1: Yeah, I mean, again, not that I need much more material with Chris, but every little bit helps.
0: So, he said there's three of them, and it, I believe we've already fixed two of them. Okay, read them. The uh, Eric Carlson hair reference. Yes.
1: Yeah, I think, yeah, Chris screwed that up initially. We knew that.
0: Someone saying something quite loudly at the beginning of every episode. That's okay. Craig that's yelling. Me. We, got, we got that one
1: anyway. That's Why I'm no longer
0: screaming. And this says Luke brought up Hansel and his injuries what would now be two or three weeks ago. Yeah, he and had actually. To
1: I did. By the way, Hansel currently out with a low, lower body injury. Three goals. Stop three if you've this heard year. that before. Yeah.
0: So that. So we are getting the ding. Okay. Now is that? But oh, we don't have bingo. Okay. Oh, okay. Correct. That's good. Okay, okay. That's because no, it would have
2: felt like Patrick Kane's cup-winning goal to me. <laughs> yeah, but it's still a win. Yeah, but. You know. But it's not as
0: good as it could be. Well, it wouldn't have had the emotion. Do you want to answer some of these questions from listeners on Twitter? I don't know. Okay. You I don't can, know what the questions are. You could, oh, you want me to pre-screen the questions for you?
2: Yeah, I'm not uh, feeling uh, in the mood to answer all questions today. You can always email the show
0: at, no, the Natural podcast at com, or you can tweet into the show at the Natty Hattie. Uh, I got a couple here. I'll throw it at you guys. Okay. okay. Um, let's see. This one says good job, so I'll just keep hinting at that one. Uh, here, we've got a few questions asking why Anthony DuClair doesn't play more.
1: That's a great question. So. Because apparently everybody hates him.
0: You guys can run with however you want to run with why Anthony DuClair doesn't
2: play more. Well, I've written about this, actually. So this tells me that our listeners are <laughs> actually reading my stories. <laughs> wow. so. They're listeners,
0: they're not readers. I'm assuming it's two different audiences. And also, I have a little more respect for them now.
2: Okay. Because they're listeners, because they don't read my copy. Specifically, because I don't answer read your intro. stuff. Yeah.
1: Don't answer. Okay. We, we need to like put Craig's articles like an audiobook. It's like Craig reading Me his reading articles. Me reading them, yes. Would it,
2: In which voice? What? Like a Harrison Keeler voice?
1: <laughs> yes. Give us <laughs> a demonstration of what that would sound nobody like. Nobody knows who he is. Do that. No. I have no idea. I, you, I, I was trying to be polite. I'm assuming
0: you're talking about Harrison Ford.
1: No, I just I figured Garrison, that was something that Garrison, old, old people would Garrison get.
0: Keeler. Oh, right. I don't know. Garrison Hurst?
1: Garrison, Garrison, Garrison Hurst.
0: I tried. Okay. I think we have Sebastian come on and uh, and read it in a heavy Swedish accent. That would be yes. that'd be better. Are or or redeem verbata. He's
1: going to Sweden, by the way, in a couple weeks. We need a full Sweden report from him. I don't okay. know what time it would be. What time is it in Sweden right now? Leftovers? See if you can do something right on the show. Wow. <laughs> While he looks, I'm thinking we should have a correspondent in every <laughs> hockey-playing nation. Yeah, definitely. We, we
2: should have one for the
1: World Juniors. You can yell it out loud. 9 o'clock at night. It's 9 o'clock at night. Okay, so that's reasonable. He can give us a, a, a night report. Okay. Back to the question. Anthony
2: Duclair. If you read Rick Tockett's quote, he doesn't believe he gives effort on every night. He said, quite frankly. He had that somewhere in there. It was a clause. I, You know, he's been in the doghouse with three different coaching staffs, and there, you can't ignore that. Dave Tippett had some issues with him. He had issues in juniors. To me, when I watch him, and, you know, I, I, I had a conversation with John Chieger recently about this as well. To me, I don't, I don't think it's effort with Duclair. I do see him... So we're losing track of what he's supposed to be doing on the ice pretty frequently. He loses focus in, in key moments, and he makes bad plays. Now you can, you can go and <laughs> look at the rest of the Coyotes roster and say, yeah, so everybody on the roster is doing that at some point, and that's true. So why he's being held to that standard that maybe some other guys aren't, I, I don't know. There, there's probably an argument to be made there. And the guy is scoring. The bottom line is he scores when he's in the lineup. He he's missed ten games as a healthy scratch. He still has seven goals, and he doesn't. You know, he doesn't get the ice time of some of these other guys. So, I, I don't know. There's it's, the, it's the, odd. The, the truth probably lies somewhere in there. I, I know there are people. There are people even around the team who wonder about that, whether the usage is correct for what he's doing for them, but. You keep hearing the trade talk, too. I yeah. I, I think they're going to trade Anthony
1: DeClaire by the trade deadline if if they find a taker. Yeah, it, it's kind of an odd situation. He is a bit of a floater, more of a passive player. But if the Coyotes didn't play everybody that was a floated passive player, they'd have two guys in their lineup every night. Yeah, Rick Tuck is saying it himself, that too many of them play outside the dots. They so need to it, get inside. It is odd that he's getting singled out. But then the other part of it is just I think about what happened in juniors, what happened with the Rangers, what happened toward the end of the, the tippet run. You start to wonder where how much of it is a combination of a coaching staff having very little patience but maybe a player not acquiescing enough to what a coaching staff might want. And it's probably somewhere in between. But to me, it's odd on a team that's not winning games and really is not scoring at any consistent level that he can't find ice time. Yeah, because there,
2: and, and when, you, when you talk about 10 healthy scratches, and Brendan Perlini finally got scratched the other night a little while back, you can look at other players in this lineup and say, Maybe we need to sit them down, too, for for, for a variety of reasons. Some guys are maybe giving effort or doing certain things, but they're not producing. I mean, I I look at a guy—look, I I know they moved Max Domi into the middle, but Max Domi isn't producing offense. They need more offense from him. Maybe he needs a couple games to just sit back and watch the game. Not saying because, you know, we're not happy with what you're doing, but maybe just take a break, take a breath, watch the game— and, and refocus yourself. I don't know. I, I just think there are too many other instances in this lineup of guys who aren't doing everything they're supposed to be doing on a nightly basis where you, where it's okay to single out Anthony Duclair as the one guy you sit for 10 games.
0: I think that's the key. If, if, if you're... If we're talking about the Tampa Bay Lightning or the Nashville Predators or some team right now that looks like they're going to win the Stanley Cup, and you're looking up and down your roster and you're saying, okay, this guy can score. Even now, he's still scoring at a pace that would give him about 20 goals over 82 games, and he's, kinda, he's, he's trailed off lately. But uh, Duclair's still right around a 20-goal per 82-game pace. You can look up and down your lineup if you're Tampa and say, you know what, we don't need that offense until you get your game rounded out 100%. But you have to be realistic with what the Coyotes are right now. They're a, a team in the midst of a rebuild with a bunch of young players, and I, I'm with you. You can't find many of them that are never making any mistakes. So I, I don't fully understand this, but and I don't think it's effort. Like if you talk to Anthony Duclair or you see him play, like he's putting in the effort. And he puts in the effort in practice. There's got to be something because, like you said, Craig, he wasn't playing much last year for dave tippett either so it's two entirely different coaching staffs but i completely understand how it looks confusing from the outside because it even looks confusing at times from the inside when when you look up and down a lineup that has had a hard time scoring lately and the fact that you have a guy that there are moves he makes on the ice that nobody else on this team can Mm -hmm. make and you see it and you're like okay we just we need to have him in there every night and we'll we'll deal with his weaknesses i understand the coaching perspective and rick Tockett. You know, we've said this before. He came from a team that won the last two Stanley Cups. So I'm sure in Pittsburgh the last two years, if somebody wasn't playing a complete game, you'd just sit him. But you don't have that luxury here because if you're sitting him because he's not playing a complete game, you're playing somebody else who's also not playing a complete game over him. And
2: doesn't have the offensive upside that he has. You know, I, I think part of this, you, you, we all know that Rick Tocchet wants his guys to get into the corners. He wants them to, you know, get the cycle going, maintain possession, wear teams down, by increasing offensive zone time, he also wants him to go to the net. Maybe one of the frustrating things about Anthony not doing that consistently is he has the size, the strength, and the speed to do all those things. Yeah. So he has the physical tools, but you don't see it. Uh, you know, that, that other game, the last game they played, you, you notice he was playing a more physical game, got into a scrap as well. I mean, if, if they saw that from him on a nightly basis, maybe that would be enough. But he, he, again, he's not doing that. When what, I, what I would say to people, and again, I'm not, I'm not excusing entirely the decision to sit him for ten games because I do think that there are other players to whom they can send messages as well. But if you want to, you want to get a really sense of Duclair, just zero in on him for a game. Don't watch the whole game. Zero in on him and watch. You'll see a handful of plays where he makes the wrong decision, and I don't know if that's a lack of focus. I don't know if he's not thinking the game right. And, and at this point, if he's not thinking the game right, it's is he going happen. to, yeah. right? I, I think you know one of the things you have to look for if you're watching him, and I know that
0: we've been told we're never critical of the Coyotes on this show, but you need to look—he does this sometimes, and he's not the only one on the roster. He's not, it's not like the Coyotes are the only team in the NHL that, that do this either, but they have a lot of guys that are very skilled in the sense that they were dominant in junior or college or whatever— and you see them still trying to make moves that worked in junior or college because they were so much better than everybody else there at the NHL level. And NHL teams figure that out. So there are plays where Anthony Duclair will he'll try and make a fancy move to the inside while the rest of his line is changing. And yeah. then if you turn the puck over, there's wide open ice for the other team. He's not the only one that does it, though, and that's why it gets confusing. So yeah, you could sit there and watch, and you could say, okay, well, yeah, there's a mistake, or you got to make the smart play and just take it outside there and let the rest of
2: your, your team line up, but he's not the only one that does yeah, it. Yeah, I mean, Oliver ekman Larson the other night, carrying the puck out of his zone when he's the last guy out of the zone, he gets stripped of the puck, breakaway goal. It's situational awareness, and you're right, it's happening with other players. So again, why is
1: he getting singled out? That's Um, the biggest thing. I think it's the disconnect that I think fans are looking at is they see a lot of the same mistakes or similar mistakes made throughout the lineup, yet it feels like one or two players are being singled out for them more than others. And I mean, if they were winning, then everybody would be fine. Well, yeah. I mean, if they were winning, you don't play a player that's struggling. I mean, you don't.
0: We've got uh, another one here, again, at the Natty Hattie. And they don't have to be Coyotes questions, but this is another one. This one comes from Ken. If Leas Anderson becomes a number one center, will that move sting more than Strom not panning out?
1: No. Strom not panning out with it as a number three pick in a draft that had two franchise centers. And especially given the context that we've, we've talked about on the show a bunch about the Dougie Hamilton trade that was on the table... And the fact that they desperately needed Strom himself to develop into a number one center that will hurt a lot more than trading that pick for Derek Stepan and Antti Ranta. Yeah, and
2: here's the other side of it. I don't. I don't think Anderson's ever going to have the upside of the two
1: centers that went ahead of Dylan Strom in that draft. No, he won't. And also, Derek Stepan has been exactly what they've wanted from yeah. him. Yeah, yeah. It's he's, just the other pieces around that have not been he's, good. I a mean, so number two been, center. Yeah, <laughs> and Ronza's, Which is what he's good. always going to yes, be. Yes, exactly. just been good when it. he plays. He just he can't consistently stay on the
0: ice. Yeah, and, and I also think you know. Yes, the Rangers took Anderson there. There's no guarantee the Coyotes would have even taken him there. I mean, you're talking the seventh pick in a draft where there weren't really clearly defined slots for the players to go into. So we knew Patrick and he would go 1-2 in some order. Yeah. But it's not like when the Coyotes traded that pick, they knew... Like it's not like they traded the number two pick and they knew they were getting Hesher or Nolan Patrick. They yeah. just knew they were getting a, a potentially a top seven player. And their their interpretation of who that guy should have been at seven might have been different than who New York took anyway.
1: Yeah, I, I didn't dislike the deal at the time. So to dislike it now when really, I mean, Stepan's been what they've expected from him. Yeah, he's been fine. Ronta's been hurt. I, if Anderson develops into a number one center, you sure, you always look back and say, man, you could have had that guy. But the Strom thing will be a much, much bigger disappointment.
0: Yeah, just because of the context. With, with Strom, there's not – and we've talked about it at length on the show, so we don't have to get and, into and it And even anymore. without
1: you know, McDavid and Eichel, they needed Strom to be a number one or number two center. They needed it for just the, the process of them developing as a team.
0: I, I'm at the point where – and, and has done a good job in the, the, the drafts that he has run himself, but I don't even – this isn't even exclusive to the Coyotes. There's only a couple teams that I wouldn't do this if I was the GM of. I might just be taking centers with every pick. <laughs> in the first couple rounds, you know? I mean, if you have a glaring need on defense or whatever, like, don't neglect the other positions. See, you will just draft a bunch of finished
1: goalies at the end of the draft and yeah, see what
0: happens. just do that, because you know you'll get, like, a Vesna winner in there at some point. You can get wings, right? Yep. So just draft centers and defensemen. That's... <laughs> kind of agree with that. That's, I know it's an oversimplification, and if there's just some amazing wing there at pick 10 and all the best centers and defensemen are off the boards, then, okay, then maybe, you know, maybe readjust... Uh, on a case-by-case basis. But for the most part, I'm just looking for a number one center, and I'll just keep using picks. It's like drafting quarterbacks in the NFL, except there's not nearly as many positions in hockey. So you can't just go draft seven quarterbacks in an NFL draft. But you can draft a lot of centers, and hopefully one of them pans out, or hopefully a couple of them pan out, and you just have a bunch of really good number twos or whatever.
2: Although
1: I think Mike Shanahan tried that one year.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Bruce Arian said he was going to try it. Draft one every year, and then they drafted one his entire
1: tenure here. Yeah, and he's now a tight end for the Bills. yeah.
0: Like, we went slightly off topic. Uh, <laughs>
1: oh, I actually want to kind of break in here with some breaking news. Oh, wow. Okay. Uh, courtesy of Leftovers. you finally did something worthwhile. Wow. Not him. He's not breaking the news. He just shared this with me. Uh, some hack named Bob McKenzie. I don't know if you've heard of him before. Oh, yeah. I, he's decent. Jonathan Marshall is closing in on a six-year AAV of $5 million extension with the Golden Knights, As with said, the an hour Western earlier. Conference leading, never going to lose another game ever, Vegas Golden Knights. As I said an hour earlier, when we were talking out there, there's no way they're letting him walk. You can't walk. let him walk at this point.
2: I can't believe Florida let him walk after scoring 30 I goals know. last year. Oh, we'll that's, talk about that that's later. That's a weird situation
1: down there. When are we going to talk about it? It remains oh, a weird situation. Oh, you'll see. I'm going to work that into the I show. I know a guy.
0: Hey, hey, I know a guy. Okay, so we're going to go right to Vegas then right now. 17-2-1 at home. Uh, (laughs) I I know we talk about it on the show every week
2: But there's a reason we talk about it on the show every week
1: Because they continue to win
2: Since we came out of the lockout, by the way No team in the NHL has lost fewer than four games in regulation at home And the team that did it uh, lost eight in overtime as well Vegas could have the best home record in a really long time
0: and now you have to start looking at the teams they've beat at home recently. Nashville, everyone. shut out last night. Yeah, but yeah, Everyone, yes. Yes, but good teams, yeah. The last four teams they've beat at home, or how about this, five of the last six. Nashville, Toronto, Washington, Tampa, Florida, and Pittsburgh. Yep, contenders.
1: Five of those teams... I'm not sure beating Pittsburgh is much to do about anything anymore. It's not wow. the same anymore,
0: but they did win the Cup the last like two being years. the Blackhawks,
1: the last place in the Central Division Blackhawks.
0: Okay, fine. Tampa, Washington, Toronto, and Nashville. All legitimate Cup contenders yeah, yeah, this yeah, year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Thanks, Jamie. <laughs> so, yeah. Jamie, that was pretty solid. He just took out both of us. I told the entire sense. room
1: in, in a five-second span. It was great. Is,
0: again, I know I've asked, but we're sure Jamie being mean isn't on the bingo card?
1: No, it's just it's the free space. It's normal.
0: That's how people know you. They made that the free space. Let that sink in, Jamie. The record is remarkable. The teams they're now beating. I'm sure some of this is just the general belief and the momentum now. I mean, if, you go to a, if you're a Vegas fan and you go to a game in Vegas, you fully expect your team to win. There's not, there's not anybody else. Once you beat Tampa and Washington in back-to-back games, who comes in there and intimidates you? Nobody.
2: Which is good, which is part of
1: why they're being successful. Confidence can do a lot for
2: you. Remember when people said pro sports wouldn't succeed in Vegas? Yeah. Maybe the NHL went there first. Yeah. And now they're going to have a football team coached by John. I don't Gooden. think Burt Barry yeah. ever listens to our podcast, right? Because I had this argument with him. Um, and I don't want to bring up any argument I had with We Bert can Bert poll most, most. I don't think it would go well for me.
0: We can poll most <laughs> demographics. I don't know if we can poll specific. Yeah, I don't, I don't think reasons. it
1: was specific names. That would be a little creepy. Yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so anyway, Vegas is good. And... Uh, I'm starting to get on board with the fact that if they're going to play a playoff series where they play four of the seven games at home.
2: Yep, Cup Final. I
0: don't. And they're not Cup going Final to the against cup. Tampa. They're not going to the Cup. And I still—they're
1: they're the team I'm rooting for in the postseason. Who, who's season. beating them in the West? LA's the only team I would I think has a chance
0: in their division. And
1: there's in the teams West, in the Central,
0: in a seven-game yeah, yeah. I mean, series, to,
1: Nashville to, to prevent them from getting to the conference. Nashville, line. the team
2: that got shut out there last night. Chicago's in last place. What happened? Um,
0: um, exactly what I told you would happen, Luke. St. Louis in a seven-game series. I'm still taking A St. healthy
1: Louis. St. Louis team is probably the best team in the West. Will they be healthy? But, yeah, who knows. Um, also, by the way, Vegas could add... That's the Vegas could to. get better, That's but we talked about this. What,
0: what do you want them to add? I mean, you can add depth at certain positions, but what that, can they that, really add? That blue add? line needs
1: to get better. I yeah. don't think that blue line is a cup winning blue line. I, don't I can't think look anything back. needs to improve. Uh, they unstoppable. Their PK needs to improve. Well,
0: okay, but you can add penalty killers. Right. at the That's deadline
1: what I'm saying. Yeah. I, I, yeah, I
2: think I said that last week that they could tweak rather than. There make is major no additions.
1: third, fourth, fifth, sixth, or seventh round pick that they should not trade if they can get a good player. They have so many picks in the first two rounds in the next few years. Yeah, I mean they You the, can move a 4th round pick without even thinking about it. They're at the point where
0: they can go down in league history as one of the best expansion teams ever, right? I mean, they right at the are moment they already are there? <laughs> <But> <laughs> they, they already achieved that. They could even go down in history with against the teams where... when the league expanded and there was a whole division of expansion yeah. <laughs> teams. Yeah, that was kind of ridiculous. So yeah, you got they're going to have to add something at the deadline because now Unless they just go on a ridiculous, epic meltdown, they're
2: going to be in a playoff spot when the deadline rolls around. Well, let's play that out, though. Let's play that out. If you are George McPhee at this point, do you think, I can probably get away with not upsetting the apple cart here and just sell it to people that way? Look, this is going so well, I don't want to take the chance of screwing up the chemistry. And that allows you to stay with your long-term
1: plan as well. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I throwing I, think, it out there. I think right now because they're play, not just hanging on to a final playoff spot, which I think would have been maybe the worst case scenario, maybe not the worst case scenario, but the close to the worst case scenario when it comes to trade deadline of are we really going to not move assets to maybe be the second wildcard team? You are so good now. You can't help but say, hey, we're not going to move those guys. And you have to be okay with it because now – you're you're doing something bigger than even just what the the five year plan is. You're establishing Vegas as a place where maybe people want to go for hockey reasons. Yeah,
0: yeah, because we all agreed at the start of the year, James Neal was the most likely player in the NHL to be traded at the deadline, uh, and at this point, whatever you could get back for him isn't going to equal the the goodwill and the potential history you're building in Vegas this year. Like, let's okay, let's just play this out. Let's say, and I agree with Jamie, the worst case would have been. You're, you're fringe, like you're the nine seed in the Western Conference, or you're the eight or the seven. But you know, secretly, internally, you think we might be dropping here, but our fans are going to look at us and say, what are you doing trading away James Neal when we're in a playoff spot? And so then you don't trade him and you miss the playoffs. I agree, that would have been the worst. But let's say you hold on to everybody now, maybe add a couple pieces, and you go out in round one. Is anybody going to fault you? Like whatever you would have gotten for James Neal, and I think it could be something of value— just the, the excitement you're gonna have going into the playoffs as probably a favorite in your opening round series. And who knows, there's a possibility that you win a couple series in the playoffs, yeah. as crazy as that is to, to to say, that's worth more than you know, one or two prospects that may never pan out.
1: Yeah. I, I, I never thought when the season started that I was gonna find myself in a scenario where I say they should not trade James Neal, but I never thought they would be hosting playoff series.
0: They have the second-best record in the NHL, and the only team better is Tampa Bay, who's one of the best teams I've ever
1: seen. So I think you, you, can't. Have, you have to try because I don't know what this team's going to look like next year or in two years. And I don't know if they might, there's a very, very, very good chance they take a significant step back next year, even if they re- maintain most of this roster. You can live, and you can have your fan base live off of the high of a deep playoff run this year for several years, and that might end up being more valuable financially than whatever prayer you're going to get for getting two mid-level prospects or a mid or another second round draft pick to
2: you, quote a local guy hello you play the game to win oh. Oh. Mm. that's what they're doing right that's that's what you do at this point isn't it if you get to this point and you're in first place in the pacific division or first place in the western conference aren't you playing for the cup at that point i
1: think you have Don't to you have to
2: yeah you do because it's pretty yeah, wide open you, this year
1: yeah you, you're not you're not the second wild card team anymore that, that's not the argument that you are. You're uh, you're a cup contender. As crazy as that is to say out loud, they are a cup contender. No question about it.
0: And a guy like James Neal, I mean, you're you're probably not re-signing him in the offseason just because he'll be probably an unrestricted not, free agent. But, but who guess, knows? I guess you never
1: know, but you have to re-evaluate everything. This is a good team now. Maybe yeah. James Neal says, you know, Why I was going to leave for a playoff contender. What if I just stay on a playoff contender? Right. Let,
0: let's say they win two playoff series. Maybe he is willing to take a little bit less to stay in Vegas. Or a little bit less term. I guess it would be the bigger deal to Vegas anyway. You don't want to be locking up a guy
1: sure. into his... What his is the tax
2: situation in in Nevada? Well, the house ta- always well, wins.
1: I, I don't know. technically. The like, tax situation in paradise is a little... But I think that's only for casinos. Mm. So he needs to open a casino. Bingo. Okay. Got it. <laughs> There's a shiny gold tower that he can take over. Maybe. So the oh, best
2: boy. NHL expansion season, if you guys are not remembering, was the Florida Panthers in 93-94 when they went 33-34-17. So they lost... 51 games and okay. had 80, 83 points. How many wins? They had
0: 33? 33. 33 wins. Vegas already has 27. Yeah. And they're not even at the halfway point. They lost that, like 38 games. They like They'll games pass that, that this month. Yeah.
1: They have like three games in hand over everybody else in the West, don't they? That's crazy. Yeah,
0: I mean, yeah. L.A.'s played two more games. Anaheim, Arizona have played three more games than them. It's I said the top of the West. Okay. L.A.'s played two more games. And uh, <laughs> Winnipeg's played three more games. out <laughs> there. St. Louis played 42 games already. They're in the second half of the season. So that's your, uh, your weekly Vegas update. Are we going to we'll, get into... We'll be uh, back
1: next week when they still haven't lost.
0: Yeah. They play, they play Edmonton and New York at home next. Those are your next two home games. Which New York?
2: The Rangers. Does it matter? At home? Okay, that's a good
0: point. It doesn't really matter. Or really, Does anybody do. remember who they lost
2: to at home? But they have, they have three losses, two in regulation at home. Anybody remember who they are? Uh, mm-hmm. Detroit is one of them. God. That one I actually remember. You can actually write that off. And uh, like on you your know, taxes. When, when Detroit came into Vegas, Vegas said, "Yeah, we can't take you seriously. We're yeah. an expansion team." Yeah,
0: were you? <laughs> that was like the second week of the season, and, D- and Vegas was already looking past Detroit. It was. It was actually their second home game. I'm looking yeah. at it. Dallas. They lost three uh, nothing to Dallas later in uh, in November. Okay. And
2: I don't. Carolina in the shootout. Odd. Uh, in December. Yep. December. Very so odd. they lose one home game a month. Yeah. To so two mediocre teams. So let's predict which home game Vegas will lose Columbus. this month. Yeah, even with without those players, Rangers, Oilers, Blue Jackets, Islanders. That's
0: who they have left at home this month. Mm. So, yeah, mm. they've already
2: shut out Nashville at home. I'm going to say the Rangers.
0: Really? No, that January 7th it?
2: because it's their third game in four nights. Well, so and they
0: they, they don't pre-
2: previous two are on the road. They don't lose to the good teams,
0: so maybe Columbus was a bad. It'll be Edmonton somehow, right? <laughs> That'll be the night where whoever. Milan Lucic has a hat trick and the Oilers end up winning. Jesse Pugliari is starting to come around. They could still surprise you. But they won't. They won't. Want to do, uh, we're going to do New Year's resolutions here or are we going to do mid-season awards? Whichever you like. Whatever, Up to you, Luke. Let's uh, let's do resolutions first. I knew
1: you'd okay. do okay. yeah. no. If they wanted to read your Are we doing these for every team? I don't know. No, because I don't think we're going to, we'll be here for six hours. Yeah, that would be painful. For the listeners or for us? Both. But if you want to read Luke's full list, where can they find that, Luke?
0: They can find that at fanragsports.com That's where they can find it. It was released on New Year's Day, I believe. Mm. Funny how that sort of stuff happens, that sort of Uh, timing.
1: It was was released on New Year's Eve, December 31st. No, I tried. Okay, fine, it was released. If you say it was released last year, Luke, I swear to God.
0: I I don't feel like I can say anything else until I say that.
2: Can (laughs) we do this rapid fire? I'm not going to read through the whole thing. You're not. You can't just do like a a three-word answer on New Year's resolution? Let's just shorten your
1: answer?
0: They're already pretty short. They're all, they're just a sentence each. How about I throw? We don't people want to. Okay, I'll yeah. okay. okay. Throw me stuff. a team.
1: Ducks get healthy.
0: Yeah, yeah. Get a get a new trainer. Um, hmm. this is going pretty quickly. Let me just throw some some playoff teams at you, okay? Washington. Why wouldn't you look at your own list? I have my list. Right here. No, but you'll keep the standings. Well, I'm trying to I'm trying to pick out some of the teams with the most compelling storylines. For the Capitals? Yeah,
2: that's easy. Get out of the second
0: yeah, round. That, yeah. That, yeah,
1: that's cliché. Are you
0: reading mine or are you just saying what I said no, you're and just then, and
2: making it sound? No. Uh, <laughs> I think you must have plagiarized my early Christmas presents which ran on December 17th. No, I didn't. Where that's was okay. that? Was that online? Uh. Uh-huh. It's at the same website. Yes, we we work for the same. These are a great job of plugging. I,
0: I just I'm I'm with the listeners. I don't really read a lot of Craig's stuff, so you know how it is. Uh, Nashville. Luke said, "Make more trades with Ottawa." Anybody else?
1: I don't like you referring to yourself in the third person like the Rock, but okay. I'm just saying a Cup final berth
2: against Vegas. Yeah. That would be the best just combination of road trips, wouldn't it? It would be it would be just great to be a writer, even if nobody read their stuff.
1: I mean you mean for the, the conference final. Yeah, it would be impossible. I would say that's gonna be really tough to stay on the cup matchup unless they change the rules of the league. Let's which, pause yeah. this for a second.
0: Yes Craig says a cup final between two Western conference teams and Jamie gently tries to walk him back to reality. If I said that, Jamie would hurt my feelings emotionally and, and really pile on. If Leftovers said that
1: Oh, if Leftovers said that he would <laughs> I would physically throw him through a window like <laughs> <laughs> barbershop style Shawn Michaels Giannetti
0: and I gotta say we're, we're in a, a studio that's completely surrounded by other indoor rooms in this building and yet there's still windows that he could throw yeah, him through.
1: like somebody can watch us like we're
2: zoo animals you got have this weird viewing window which you guys have put With a, a curtain. curtain on now so should I peel
0: on. back the curtain and see if anybody's out there just staring in uh-huh. eating popcorn you guys talk while I do it because I can't quite reach it okay there's no one there. No. What would you do if there was somebody there? That would, I'd freak out. Yeah. <laughs> really creepy. I'd be terrified. Just all the fans listening to the podcast through a soundproof glass. Yours pressed
1: against the glass.
0: Uh, Pittsburgh, I had an easy one. Score five on five goals. Ever
1: win another game? Well, they won last night. Oh, that's nice. What are so. they now? Tenth in the East?
0: <laughs> are you
1: trying to hurt me? I'm just, I'm just asking questions, Luke. That's all <laughs> I'm doing. I'm here to ask I, questions. I
0: feel like you're asking questions that you already know the answers to.
1: Those are the best kinds of questions. Uh, How about Detroit?
0: I don't remember what I wrote for Detroit. Oh, yeah, I do. Let's just go through some of the Jamie teams. Let's set Jamie up.
2: (laughs) Okay.
1: Uh, Have a prospect progress past year one. (laughs) Next.
0: (laughs) I just said stop giving so many slightly above average to average players lengthy deals worth $5 million or
1: more. That's a good one, too. Hi Justin Applicator. How you doing? It, there's so many of them on that team.
0: There's so many players on Detroit that are making between four and a half and six it's million dollars. It's tough to find
1: mediocre players, Luke. You gotta lock them up when you find them.
0: And some of them aren't they're not bad. I mean, they went into Vegas and won, let's not forget that. But uh but they're not players that you want signed long term and for, for the amount of money, like do you really need Franz Nielsen for the next five years at
1: five point two five million dollars? It's tough to find the Nielsen's and ablocators of the world. You can you can't replace that sort of Meh talent.
0: Okay, but what about Danny DeKaiser for five years? Five more wow, years and five million. That,
1: yeah. that's, that's a nice arena, though.
0: That's, uh, that's all I hear.
1: You can also read about how nice of the arena on you know, like fanragsports.com. Luke didn't read that either. And I didn't,
0: but that's only because you're not playing along in this game. It's just Jamie. Um, it's because you don't read my stuff. I'm hurt. I'll find something to read in the tears. Ottawa.
2: LOL. Ooh, <laughs> New owner. <laughs> a new owner. <laughs> or at least a muzzle.
0: Do um, you know how bad the Rangers are on the road? They're the worst. In the how bad are
2: the Rangers on the how road? How bad are they? The worst. Okay. I noticed not that
0: when looking this up. You know Carey Price has a 3.00 goals against average? That's not ideal. That's awful. Like, even for a bad goalie, that's awful.
2: Does it feel like we're straying from the task at hand here?
1: No, because yeah. well, I'm, I'm looking cause through. It, we need to get Luke some Adderall so he can focus. Okay.
0: Did you guys ever notice how, how many clouds there are in the sky? No, I'm just because I'm, I'm going through, and like Montreal, my piece was on Carey Price, and the Rangers was win some road games, because when I look through, they have the worst road record in the NHL. That, to me, if we're looking for a team that's going to miss the playoffs in the Metro, maybe it is New York, because you have to win on the road in a division like that. You guys still here? All right. Next. Um,
1: it's really exhilarating radio, or whatever this is, podcasting. Well,
0: I
2: mean, when one person's trying to do the job of three, it's difficult. How about Tampa Bay? You should be used to that by now. I am. I I would say (laughs) do whatever you can. Put Stephen Stamkos in a plastic bubble. Yeah. Keep him healthy. Get to the playoffs. Like those plastic bubbles that they have at the Coyotes games in the second
0: intermission where people get in and run into each other at full speed? Yeah, just like
2: those, Luke. Exactly what what
0: we're talking about. I feel like Craig's tone has become condescending over the course (laughs) of the show.
1: I feel like you might be right. How about Toronto? Have a realistic expectation for what your team's talent level is.
0: Okay, how about have a realistic expectation for Toronto's fan base
2: and try that again? Yeah, pretty much. How about a guide to breathing techniques? <laughs> <laughs> Wait, that's not on the bingo card? Apparently not. All right. We, we haven't hit anything today, although we'll find out next week that he missed three. Chicago.
1: Um, <sighs> I, li- I like your answer, Luke, of trying to find some sucker to take Brent Seabrook's contract. Yeah, that would be their best...
2: That would be best case scenario for Chicago. Well, they got to find a way to use that cap money, the cap exception, to get another defenseman. All right, we'll only do a couple more of these. I had a
1: good one. I just want to let you know I self censored myself because I don't do it often. On the Blackhawks? Yes, because I don't know. I don't know how offensive it's going to be. I don't want to risk it. Wow, man! I just want you to know that I I self censored myself on this one. Are you going to remember off the air? Oh, I will remember. Yes, I will. You can ask me after the show and then tell me how bad of a person I am.
0: And then the poll question is going to be: What do you think Jamie said? And we're going to put out five (laughs) offensive (laughs) answers and people can vote. Wow. Uh, Columbus. This one, this is where doing research when you're writing something is enlightening. So when you guys give me your answers, I'll give you what I wrote, which it's not like funny or anything, but it was kind of an eye opener.
1: I'm oh, sorry, Luke. What, what was it? Did
0: you, you say you were going to be nicer in 2018? I did not. I never heard that. that. There's no way. I, I promise. I just that. thought I would plant that out there because it's, it's just—it's so much easier for you to be nicer. Like the Browns went 0-16. Is all they can do is get better.
1: Is it easier for like me to be nicer? I can't be. I'm any a natural mainer. heel,
2: Luke. Hmm. Okay. What were you going to say, Craig? Were we still on the subject of Columbus, or are we moving on? No. Nobody gave me an answer.
1: Oh. Uh, win a playoff series. Oh wow!
2: Okay. Wow. There you go. That's well, my great. early present for them was chains and a padlock for. John Tortorella at the podium so they he can't leave early. That's a present, Just though. Just da- dabble. Nah, it was a present, but, you know. I guess the resolution is use them. Y- yes, use them. Dabble in morning skates. My, uh... <laughs> oh, please, please, no. Go the other... Go that direction. Get rid of morning skates. As
0: a guy that has to cover oh. both teams' morning skates when the Coyotes play a home game, Craig doesn't like morning skates. They're they're worthless. This, this is what I had for Columbus, and tell me if you guys realized this was an issue... Improve the NHL's worst power play if you're serious about making any sort of deep playoff run. How did how did the Blue Jackets have the worst power play in the entire league? I know, I know what you're gonna say. They lost Sam Gagné, and he was ah uh, Sam Gagné. Where is he? Isn't I wasn't gonna K right say now, that actually. No, I don't he,
1: know. He's playing somewhere. I'll I'll find Sam Gagné. He's not playing on that team with all the other ex-coyotes, is he? He wasn't one of the names I brought up right? Oh, yeah, we didn't. We made Ch- the, Ch- the Chinese that. team? Yeah. <laughs> find do, do we do this on the air? Or do we do no, this off the air? Off I can't remember. Okay, I'm, I'm going to go find it now. Jamie found,
0: I don't remember how you got there, but after the show last week, you were looking the for stars. some former coyote. I was looking for Lucas Lessio. Okay, okay. I don't remember what the conversation was after the show. By the way, Sam Gagne is in Vancouver. Yeah, where else would he in, be?
1: That's why I was oh. confused as to what you guys were talking no, about. I literally. Plays for one of Vancouver Canucks. Does he? I, might I as well it was... play. Might that might as well be the KHL at this point. Did you
0: just take what I said and then just like repurpose it?
1: Okay, no, I remember. Who I confused him with. Okay, so it's the uh, the Kunlun Red Star, the yes. Chinese KHL team.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Gilbert Brule okay. is on this team. Yep. Kyle Chipchura. Didn't think about other ones here. They have good fishing yeah, they, over there. There more. But the captain is Andre Kastitsin, Scottsdale favorite. Uh, Andre Castitson. Uh Lucas Lessio we missing Brandon. Yep, yeah, those are all X. Ex- besides and, all ex Coyotes.
0: If you guys keep talking, Wolski was I'll, on that yeah. team
1: earlier this year and got traded.
0: I'm gonna try and pull up the Olympic rosters because we need to talk about that oh, too. Do we have to? Oh, wait, Bobby yeah.
1: Carpenter's the head coach.
0: Okay, so there you go. Mark Capello. Mark Arca- Well, no, don't don't confuse the people. Jamie's still reading about the He's Chinese, not on the Chinese, Chinese on team, team. but he the is
2: thing. on an Olympic roster. Uh,
0: we'll That's get to nice. that in a second. I got one more. Edmonton, New Year's resolution. Setting this up on a T for both of you. Uh, Getting rid of their
2: GM?
1: So so many things you guys want to say.
2: Get rid of your GM.
1: Trade with the other Alberta team's GM.
0: I was was a little bit nicer. Uh, Actually, since we're going to transition here, Florida. This was mine. Apologize to Gerard Gallant for firing him at the beginning of last season. Then apologize to the fans for firing him because the Panthers haven't been the same since. And then tell the fans in Vegas you're welcome
1: ok so I'm going to bleed this into our next segment that's why I did this it this is a great transition oh, that's exactly why I did it so we're going to go through some mid-season awards and one award you by the way which you can read is a Craig Morgan article so you probably haven't seen it Luke on fanranksports.com where he has out his mid-season award
0: the country music writer does he writes for well, us he's now? a country
1: music singer not a country music writer oh, I'm
0: sure he writes you don't just sing other people's songs is that a thing people do I, in the industry
1: I think isn't that what Drake does it's what everybody does to say, like, ok never mind So you're way off base here
2: <laughs> one not one, that far, compared one of to what he didn't
1: give out was worst GM. Okay. And in the upset of the century, I did not give it to Peter Shireelli. I want, I want to ask you guys a simple question. Just answer me. Which side would you rather have? Side A, a fourth round draft pick. OK? Side B. Marcia So and Riley Smith. Mm. Yeah. yeah. Which side would you rather have right now?
0: It's unbelievable what Florida has done to their team. It is unbelievable.
1: Dale Talon deserves a lot of credit for what Vegas is doing this year. I
0: don't know. I don't. I don't want to pile on Dale Talon because mm. that situation got so weird, where yes. he had the power ripped away, and then they gave it to like somebody's nephew or something. Or what happened there? Yeah, it, it's a whole mess. It was like a Christmas present. They're, like you get to run a team for a year, and you ran it right into the ground. And now Dale Talon's back, but he's not. It's very strange. It's a very,
2: it is a there strange. There are also night. reports of ownership meddling in that situation and needing to cut payroll so somebody screwed up let's put it that way yes
1: so let's just say Florida front office just in general
0: whoever that happens to be this week Um, I will say this since I didn't write out any midseason awards and I think we've touched on this on the show in the past if you're gonna do GM of the year doesn't it have to be all-encompassing for at least two years almost like I understand you're only gonna give one out each year so we're not gonna give out not going to give out one for the last half of a decade but you kind of have to know that stuff piles up into that award correct or just give it to steve Eiserman every year
1: it's tough because you're trying to judge a gm of the year based on one year you're saying one off-season offseason versus signings or trades yeah so you're not looking at the bigger picture
2: and but then how far back
1: do you go there's the question there's the problem how far back do you go now, with a team like Vegas, it's easy because you literally have—that's all you have. So does McPhee win GM of the year? This I, year? He was one of Craig's candidates. I don't—do you feel like he—I execu- know this, the narrative now is that he did the, the most unbelievable job of the expansion draft that's ever been done ever, but that's not the thought I had when that finished. No, that They, they, were, they left good players on the table— they still did a good job overall of constructing right. the team, and in some cases, they were
2: logical choices. The guys they took, right? Yes. So but
1: I don't know if I don't know if he executed the expansion draft as well as the now current narrative says he did. Right,
2: and and to to if we're looking at Vegas' success, I'm probably leaning more toward another individual who we'll talk about in just a minute. But if we're doing GM of the year, I'll throw out my candidates. The three guys that I have—they're actually and the s-
0: exact same three I came up with before okay, I read. Well, it. McPhee,
2: Eiserman, obviously. McPhee we just talked about, Steve Eiserman. You know, you, you, you get Sergachev, who looks like he's a year ahead of schedule, who was yeah. a Calder Trophy candidate already for Jonathan Druin. Mind you, you're giving up something significant. You have to to get a, a, a guy who's a potential top-pairing defenseman. But Tampa has a lot of offense already, so they were okay trading from a position of strength. And look at what they're doing right now, and they're the odds-on favorite to win the Cup. But the guy that I gave it to to win wait, it— wait, wait, wait. One more on Tampa. The one thing I would say— and correct me if
0: I'm wrong, but I believe Tampa all, also loses a second-round pick if Sergeyev plays 40 games this year.
1: Whatever. He's playing well enough. I don't, I'm not worried about well, it. Well,
0: that's the thing. I credit them for not being cheap. or mm-hmm. I guess that wouldn't be cheap. You're not losing money. But I credit them for actually trying— just doing what's best for the team right now, and saying, you know what, he plays. We lose well, a second round pick. You get a sixth back. I think that's the deal. They yeah. lose a second for a sixth if he plays. It 40 gave games.
1: themselves the out if he wasn't ready that they could leave him up for more than whatever ten or so games, yeah. but also not lose a year of his free agency eligibility. Yeah, or his, I think it's waiver eligibility actually. That's what that forty one game mark would be. So, but he's been play, I mean, he's on my short list for rookie of the year.
0: Yeah, he would be in my top three with, uh, with Brock Besser. We'll get to that in and... a minute. Calm okay. down, people. Okay, okay. Let's stay on task okay, here. Okay, well. Stay on task. You're wandering we'll be again, that back. Yeah. You guys ever notice how many clouds there are in the sky? Yeah.
1: You going to go to that joke again?
2: That's a joke? What are you talking about? Steve <laughs> Eiserman also get, got a guy named Chris Kunitz. I think you're familiar with him, Luke.
0: Now, yeah, and Tampa Bay's moves that you're talking about right now are, are from within the last six, seven months. Mm-hmm. Your, your third candidate is, I guess his moves have been recent, too, but I still think his biggest was over a year ago. And that
2: person's name is Ray Sherrill. Okay. Yeah. New Jersey Devils. He's the guy who I give it to. I mean, they got Will Butcher in the offseason who was the top college free agent defenseman. I thought the Brian Boyle signing was a good signing. He he stole Marcus Johansson from the Capitals. He took his share over Nolan Patrick, which looks like a pretty smart move. And he got Sammy Botten in. De- yeah. I mean, we were we were killing this blue line just a year ago. And they've added the Will Butcher and Sammy Botton into yeah. the blue I line. I
1: call it the worst blue line in hockey yes. a year ago. All due respect to Ben Lovejoy and David Schlumpko. That's time. a really good body of
2: work right there. Who do you think has the worst blue line in all of hockey right now? <sighs> how about let Why don't you just ask how many clouds there are in the sky again? And, and, and Jamie L. Why are there? Jamie, will talk about the New Jersey Devils. All right, is the current fine. topic. Well, this is my. question.
1: <laughs> well, no, but I, I agree with Greg wholehearted. Uh, Craig, Wholeheart, I said call him Greg for some reason. Craig wholeheartedly on this. I thought Greg wholeheartedly was like his <laughs> alter ego. <laughs> But, I mean, the ways we made that team. And, the, and they're a playoff team. And it's all within the, the frame of this year. Like if you want to look at it as, okay, what moves happened from last offseason to this year?
0: I'll take th- it one step further. You're thinking about Taylor Hall, right? It, well, if we went by my model of you really need to incorporate the last two years. Which we don't. Shiro would win it running away. It wouldn't even be close. Because then, yeah, you have to throw in Taylor Hall. You just have to also throw in the fact that the defense has been... I guess the defense has really mostly been overhauled in the last... Couple months, so he, it really would yeah. just be the Taylor Hall edition. Yeah, he had the wisdom to deal with Peter Chiarelli. Well,
1: smart. I mean, which always
2: works out well for you as a GM.
0: He was savvy in the sense that he made a deal with Chiarelli, like you're saying. And then he also, we were all looking at Washington's cap situation over the summer, and they had made a couple. Once they signed Kuznetsov, it was clear they had to shed cap space in a hurry. Especially when they got
1: Oshie back too. Yeah,
0: and when they signed those two guys, Oshie was first. Then they signed Kuznetsov. I remember the three of us were texting and. Saying, like, somebody's going to swoop in and steal a player from Washington because everybody knows they have to make a move. And it was within a couple hours that Shiro came in and got Johansson for nothing. It's not like Johansson's Ovechkin, but to go in and and just take a piece from them and take a huge piece from Edmonton and get Will Butcher to sign, yeah, he's my pick. Absolutely. So we're unanimous on this GM of the year. But I would say Eiserman
2: could win it every year. He's like the LeBron. By the way, both
1: Shiro and Eiserman would count even in both criteria. Yeah. Yeah. If you went two years or one year.
2: And if and now, if, if yeah, and Iserman, I guess, could win this if, if New Jersey falls off. if For some reason, they missed the playoffs still. But, but the simply, moves are still good moves. When you
1: consider where they were last year at the bottom of the Eastern Conference. Yeah. It's being proactive. And that's what those two GMs do very well. We talked about this with Iserman when they had a clear goaltending issue in Tampa Bay. Keep trying to find a solution to the problem. Give up your sixth and fifth round picks and just keep throwing things in there until maybe eventually it works. And it, for Iserman, it worked with Bishop until they had Vasilyevsky ready.
0: You know what I would, I would love if I was a, a fan in Tampa Bay is the fact that Iserman is not afraid to make moves. And now he's built up so much equity that it's getting easier and easier. But he's not afraid to make moves that, that will come down hard on him if, if, uh, if they go wrong because he thinks they're the right moves. Now, granted, he's right like 95% ca- of the time. Risk.
1: If you're giving up first-round picks for players, they better pan out for you. But, but if you're giving up mid-round picks to the deadline to see if this flawed prospect at some point can make an impact for you, it's worth a chance.
0: Yeah. But trading a guy like Drew Ann for Sergachev, you know— Well, the, that, that's a bigger deal. There is some that risk. That could have gone wrong. Well, how about the fact that when everybody thought they were going to have to trade Stamkos or risk getting nothing in return for him— He held his ground. He just—he's—yeah. And, and it, he got him back. I know it's easier to look at those things favorably now because they're all working— but I just like the fact that... And we we talked about that Stamkos move when it happened. Like, Tampa Bay had a good enough team. Just go all in. What are you really... What are you going to get back that's similar, I guess, to what the conversation we just had about Vegas? What are you going to get back that's better than what you could potentially do? And if you recall, Stamkos was hurt
2: anyway, but...
1: And it's even harder for a player like Stamkos because you're never going to get anywhere close to yeah. what his actual value is on a rental deal.
2: Well, and especially then, too, because he's, he's, he had been injured. and yeah. You didn't know if he would ever get back to that elite level, which he clearly has now. So there's... Yeah, you probably would have gotten... Imagine if he were doing what he's doing now with another team, yeah. how you would feel at that point if you're a fan. Uh,
1: let's go Jack Adams, because I think this is where we're this all is, going in Vegas. This is easy for me. Yeah. I, I think this is done. I don't, I, I don't know if there's anything can. anybody else can do. Uh, yeah. John Stevens deserves a lot of credit. I'm not sure Paul Maurice deserves more credit. I think he's got too much of the blame in years past, Okay. more so than he deserves extra credit this year. He's finally getting some goaltending ding. I know we've already got that one on the bingo list before, but it's a lot Come on. Yeah. That, no team went, that was the worst team in hockey going into the year, we all thought. And they're going to win the cup. So <laughs> I think that's a prerequisite for you. You get a nice shiny trophy. Yep. Although I don't know if you want that. The Jack Adams recently has not been uh, very kind to, to coaches down the line.
0: No, it's, it's usually a coach on a team that surprised people. And Vegas, not is gonna, on a team.
1: Vegas is going to be this year's, or I guess, next year's team that sweeps the NHL awards, and that's just been a death knell for the Flames, the Panthers, the Avalanche. But or, it'll
2: be great this year because it'll be in Vegas. Yeah. We, <laughs> that's true. And it, this would not surprise you at all if this team just fell off completely next year, because that's what we all expected, right? They're not
1: going to be this good next no, year. No, I don't think I, they will either. Time Although we'll that's what
2: we're saying right now, and but, then we'll have to eat our words again next well, season. Well, I will say Maybe this. they win their second straight cup. Since we, we talked about McPhee briefly before,
0: the one thing about his his expansion draft, going out there and getting guys like William Carlson, I understand some of that has worked out probably better than they expected. And some of it was just, who else are you going to take off Columbus? That's like, exactly it. Yeah. yeah. But they, I mean, people should know, they had scouts at games all of last year. So it's not like they just threw this together. They were doing advanced scouting of, of
1: pro teams around the NHL yeah. all of last year. And there were some names more obvious than others. We're always going to take Marceau. So and. They were going to, and Marshall was going to be left unprotected if they took Riley Smith, which his contract sucks, but you know, maybe it doesn't suck right now. We thought it did, but if Riley Smith continues to produce like he has been, that's a perfectly reasonable contract for him.
2: Taimu Polkanen, too. You. Thank you for saying that, because that's Tamu to Taimu Polkanen, lol. Yeah, I mean, that's what we can take. That's his full name, yes.
1: who retired to go play in the Olympics. I Brad just. Richardson, who was hurt. I mean, there wasn't exactly a lot of—I mean, I don't I don't know what they thought. There. I was a little surprised they didn't take more high-upside AHL guys, to be honest with you, at certain points in the draft. Just yeah. because their system is going to be a little weak because you're you're completely building it from scratch. Because
0: there were certain teams that you looked at, and you're like, what do they really have to offer Vegas?
1: Yeah, so maybe you take a high-upside, you know, maybe quad-A player that maybe develops into something for you.
0: But I guess—I mean, you could— I don't agree with what I'm about to say, but in the case of Polkanen, you could look at him and say, okay, maybe he is a high upside AHL guy.
1: I guess, but I don't know. To me, there's a point, point. we talked a little bit about it with Duclair. It's a little bit different story, but when there's a point where when multiple organizations all give up on you, mm-hmm. uh, you start to wonder.
0: Um, anybody else for Jack Adams?
1: Well,
2: I think we just mentioned that. Those are my three candidates. Yeah. Okay. I mean, by the way, in getting back to the GM for just a second, it's amazing a, a guy we left off, David Poyle, who... I has th- done more good work this the year. He it uh, year too. Yeah,
1: he's got yeah. like the Belichick effect, where yeah. he's just always, he's just considered an awesome GM, and nobody's ever surprised when he makes good moves.
0: Who votes on the GM? Is it the other GMs? Because if that's the case, Poyle's never going to win again.
2: I'm trying to remember. Because he's just no, taking no, Isn't other it broadcasters? Wait, who, who votes on GM again? All right, we'll figure that out. I'll look that up. I'm, uh, I'm blanking
1: on that. let wait for Craig to get his Norris vote again.
0: MVP is pretty, pretty clear-cut at the moment, anyway. Are there any, any other candidates other than Kucherov?
1: Yeah, I went out of the box. Okay. You
2: did. Where'd you go?
1: Vasilyevsky. Oh, I'm going to go with the guy that saved 110 of the last 111 shots he's faced. Okay. Yeah.
2: 30 general managers, 5 NHL executives, and 5 media members. That's who votes for. So it is the GMs that yeah. vote. Yeah. So
1: why would Poyle ever win again? Because
0: he's fleeced half of them. It's tough to, tough to think of many trades where he's lost. No, and he's another one that's not afraid to make big moves. He's traded away very good players to get other Better players back, or players that fit his team better.
1: He's like Jerry DePoto, but actually gets players of value.
0: Yeah, like if Jerry DePoto is like a guy you barter with at like a very low-priced garage sale, then David Poyle's like the guy that does the bartering at, at I don't know some high-end Scottsdale resort. That analogy.
1: That, was, an ex- you, you that could, was excellent.
0: You could tell it was Jamie who started it, so I just did all I could.
1: Because <laughs> well, halfway, actually, that's right up your alley, DePoto Mariners general manager. But halfway through,
0: now. I was thinking like, how many hockey fans? are wondering who Jerry Depoto is right They're now. They're
1: used to yeah. me making crossbow references that are very vague and only six people get. So like, and, and that's part of I, my gimmick. Then it's, I part, thought, it's, it's part of my charm, Luke.
0: How many Mariners fans are wondering who Jerry Depoto is right now? So, you know,
2: it all works out. John Tavares, Craig has on his list. I did. Uh, I mean, he, he's, uh, what is he, tied for second or third in the league in, in points right now. The Islanders are possibly a playoff team. They obviously have to hold on to it in that difficult division. But he's, he's doing a lot of things well, and he's about to sign a massive contract. Yeah, he's, but he's the sort of player that I went, I really wish another team could get. Yeah, I went outside the box a little bit here, too, and, and chose Andrzej Kopitar from the Kings, who was, who was just playing so much ice time. At the time I wrote this uh, for New Year's, um, he New was Year's logging team, the second most mm-hmm. ice time of any forward in the league. He's only 13th in, in points right now, but he's winning a large percentage of his draws. L.A.'s back in the Western Cup. They're an elite team in the Western Conference No one saw this coming, and I'm not going to believe that's because Dustin Brown is scoring it. Dustin Brown is scoring because because he got to play alongside of Kopitar, which he hasn't done a lot of the last few years.
1: It's interesting. He's played with. I mean, Dustin Brown's mostly been playing on the third line, even in LA's good years. Yeah, he's has not been with Carter and Kopitar much.
2: And Kopitar is one of those guys too who doesn't get. I mean, he's been in the running for it, but he's he's one of those guys. We didn't even vote on this award for this podcast, but. He's one of those guys who's a perennial Selkie Trophy yeah. candidate as well. He's a complete player, and he's having a terrific year. If
1: he played anywhere but L.A., he would be a bigger star.
2: Trying to, which, which is, is crazy to say, anywhere, right?
1: But most places that are yeah. not L.A. I mean, if he's playing in Phoenix, and the league would forget about him too. But
0: McDavid was tied for 25th in the NHL in goals last year when he won. So I, I don't know that it's impossible for Kopitar to win without being truly elite in terms of total
2: points.
1: No, but it's a different scenario there. He's now Mc, logging McDavid's,
2: 26 minutes per game. That's that's what he's up to in ice that's time. That's insane McDavid's for is always that always a bump. He is, but he's how about this? That, yeah. I don't know that people would
0: really argue with what Craig put out there as those three main guys. Sidney Crosby, Connor McDavid, not even on the list. And all the uh, – I put debates and air quotes over the summer of who the best player is of all time. It was only those two that were even in the conversation. I, look, I don't know that this makes Kucherov better than them.
2: Yeah,
1: like
0: all time, but he certainly is playing better this year.
1: It's in the conversation. If for one year, if you wanted one player for the rest of this season, it would be difficult for me not to pick Kucherov. Yeah, he's it's my choice. Extremely too. difficult.
2: The Kopitar stat I threw out was is incorrect. I want to correct myself because I was looking at shifts per game, but he is still averaging you know 22
1: minutes a game, which is just insane. That's a lot for it a it is,
2: and and a, a Ford who plays the kinds of minutes
1: he plays. And again, yeah, that's that's extremely valuable. Yeah.
2: Kucherov's on
0: pace for about 115 points this year. And about 50
1: goals.
2: Like, so much fun It's to so watch. much interesting
1: watching it, the acceleration of his personal timeline versus Tyler Johnson and Andre Pollitt, when they all kind of emerge under the scene at the same time, and how he has emerged into an absolute superstar, while the other two are more just good complementary players.
0: What, what was it that was now, had to be three cups ago, because Pittsburgh wasn't winning it. So that was Tampa Bay against Chicago. Yes. And that was the year the triplets yeah. carried Tampa Bay. That line was
1: one of the most Unbelievable lines I've seen In a postseason
0: And the next year Jamie's 100% right Palat and and Tyler Johnson Were just kind of There were There
1: was was injuries though too Well Johnson's always been hurt He's always has injury problems
0: And Kucherov started taking off And then last year Kucherov just kept going And those guys kind of I mean they're fine They're not bad players But (laughs) They're nowhere near the level They're not Yeah You're talking about an MVP He scores from anywhere though Like you watch him play It's not just Oh his numbers are good Like some guys put up numbers But they don't help their team Like Big deal. You watch the... And obviously, his team is so good that any numbers he puts up are going to result in wins, but it's he's, he can score any kind of shot from anywhere on the ice. He's on pace for 50 goals, by the way. A little bit more. Yeah. Be cool. It would be like 50 goal scores. If he could do 50 goals and 100 points, that's something I want to see in the second half of the season. Yes. Um, rookie of the Year? Hmm. All right.
1: I, I, I know... It's rare that I don't go with a guy that's leading in goals because I feel, again, I've always believed that goal te- uh, goal, scoring a goal is the hardest thing you do in hockey. Yeah. And you get a lot more value from me if you score goals versus even have a lot of primary assists. But the type of minutes and the value that Matthew Barzal has to that Islanders team right now, I'm going to give him the edge because he, along obviously, Tavares is the biggest reason, but having that complementary option down the middle in Barzal is the real reason why I think the Islanders are going to return to the playoffs this year.
0: I'm not going to argue with that. I think I would
1: still lean towards Brock Besser.
2: Um, he doesn't really have a lot of help and he's still producing. Yes. But it's just the same argument you can make for Clayton Keller by the way. Mm-hmm. But Besser's the only guy averaging more than a point a game. He's yeah, averaging yeah, more he's than a point a game and he's got I mean he's got in 21 Vancouver. goals. Nobody else yeah. is even close in
0: goals anymore. Yeah. Uh, I would go Besser than Barzal. Um, and
2: who's your third one? I, I, you guys were talking about Sergeyev. Sergeyev yeah. my third one. I, yeah. Those it, are my three. That's interesting to me because he's only playing 15 minutes a game. That's, he's that's he's playing in protected me. situations, too.
1: That's what concerns me because he's he's playing third-pairing minutes. Yeah. So, I, I I mean, I could see how that hurts him, but to me, I'd rather still have a protected defenseman that's exceeding even on a good team than, than a winger as he slowed down. Now, if Keller turns it back on in the second half of the season, which, again, there's no reason to believe he couldn't. Well,
2: he's on an eight-game point streak
1: right so, now. Yeah. So, yeah. So there's no reason to believe he can't there's no reason to believe he might not even finish as with the most points.
0: The thing that I think hurts Keller a little bit is is the majority of his goals came in the first month, the vast majority, which shouldn't hurt him. Except there's there's a few other rookies now right around him in total points. So I don't know that his points alone are going to push him into the the top three. You know what I mean? Like Danton Heinen's right there, and he's played seven less games. Yeah. There's there's just there's a lot of rookies producing this year. Like yeah. Kyle Connor's got 13 goals, 12 assists, and he's played less games. So I just. I think at that point when there's a glut of forwards besides uh, Besser and Barzal you might get people inclined to look towards Charlie
2: McAvoy or Mikhail Sergachev and just go with a different position. That's probably true. I, I think another piece of analysis that needs to be done, though, is look at the situation. Look at the minutes he's playing and look at the team situation. Everybody knows they have to focus on Clayton Keller when they play the Coyotes. There aren't many options for scoring. This team is second worst in the league in, in scoring. But do you think voters are going to look at that? I don't. I, I no. that, and that's I mean, that's, that's more an issue of voters. I don't think the analysis gets nearly detailed enough when they vote for these awards. I think it's just way too superficial what about uh, the Norris right,
1: I've I've been an apologist for this guy in the past I it's tough to argue against Drew Doughty with how he's played Mm. but I really I just I can't get over how well Victor Hedman is playing yeah Victor Hedman has been incredible and I know that team as a whole is strong so everybody's numbers are kind of look are a little bit inflated even some of the players that aren't as highly skilled as Victor Hedman but 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 he's he's, always playing well yeah he's before this year too 29 points, like it's top 10 in ice time per game. He's out there against the other team's the best players. He has the puck all the time. Like that's On the best team in hockey, that's a really good combination for me. Mm-hmm. If you
0: look at Tampa, I think we talked about this, or maybe this was at a Coyotes game a couple weeks ago. They've built their team, and I don't want to oversimplify it because there's obviously a lot that went into it, but their forwards aren't very big, but they're just ridiculously skilled and fast. And then everybody on their defense is like the size of a brick wall. And Hedman just happens to be extremely skilled and the size of a brick wall. But you go up against their team, most of their forwards are six foot and under, and most of their defensemen are like 6'3 and over. And some of them are like 6'6. So they just—Hedman's the anchor, in my mind, to all of it in the sense that— like if Stamkos got hurt, which I don't want to see happen because we've seen it too much, if any of those forwards got hurt, I think they could still win games because they've got so many. They might not win the cup, but they could still win games. Without Hedman, that changes everything. So yeah, he's definitely he's definitely a finalist for the Norris, and he'd probably be my pick, although I doubt he's right there.
2: Would you ignore Klingberg in this one? This is a tough one for me, because he's leading leading in points by I think four points over anyone right now. You can poke holes in Klingberg's game. You you certainly can. But he's been a, a big possession driver for that team. And again, he's He's lead, leading all defensemen in points. I wouldn't overlook him, but I can't get the image of Dmitry Orlov crossing him up a couple weeks ago out of my
0: mind. And <laughs> Would he be a filthy. finalist?
1: Would he be one of your top three? Probably not, but I don't think he'd be far behind.
0: He'd, he'd be close. I'm, I'm looking for a third candidate.
2: I, I, I'm i guessing I could probably find a third player. I think you can. Um, I mean, P.K. Subban is a guy that, that's certainly in the running there. Yeah.
0: Petrangelo. Hold on, let me just take 10 minutes to figure out how to search by just defenseman on NHL.com. Yeah, yeah, I've given up. All right, well. Oh, hey, look, I found it. I found it. Okay. Okay, There you go. And now that I've found it, they're going to change it again in a couple weeks. Zach Wierenski is always up there for me. Um, John Carlson has had a phenomenal year with Mm -hmm. Washington. It is, I I think it's pretty clearly Hedman or Dowdy, though, the more I look at this. And the other thing with defense is you can't just look at points. And I feel like if Klingberg were to win, they
2: would just be looking at points. What if Klingberg had, like, an 8-10 to 10 point lead over anyone, though? Well, well I, then he'd have to be a finalist. Yes, yeah, at that
1: sort of gap, that's when you have but to that's look what he's, a little bit that's, differently.
2: Well, that's
0: what the pace is right now. Yeah. Do we think uh, Brent Burns just goes on a ridiculous second-half tear and gets in the conversation?
1: I don't know what happened to Brent Burns. I don't know. But it I happened hope in I, the second half of last year, too. I don't too. know, but I yeah. hope so, just so he's at the award show. <laughs> right.
0: <laughs> he's been scoring a lot lately, though. He hadn't scored at all in the first— he had no goals for the the first season. yeah he had no yeah. goals for a long time there he had five in the last I think it's like 12 games I'd have to pull up that stat specifically most
1: fun person to talk to at the NHL awards always
0: yeah but set aside like 15 minutes
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. you gonna, you're gonna miss everybody else that comes into the room but you're gonna get a good conversation out of them
0: uh let's let's go with the Besna here
1: okay well I think my answer is obvious if I had him as the MVP
0: <laughs> okay so Jamie goes with Andre Vasilevsky. I don't think Think I could argue with that at this point. I'm trying to find other. Finalists. I think Craig's
1: pick was Corey Crawford. Yeah, it was who, who continues to not get enough credit. Yeah. It feels like Chicago is isn't in the league right now. It's, it's so very odd. strange. I think it's it, it, the whole Corey Crawford thing is just strange to me because you would think the elite goaltender for one of the most popular teams in hockey would get every bit of every ounce of credit he's due and then some. But he does. It seems like it doesn't happen.
0: But I said this even if, when they were winning. I said this a few weeks ago. When people think of the Blackhawks, just your casual fan, but a fan that know that would know who Corey Crawford is. So not super casual. The first player they think of is Patrick Kane. You think of the Blackhawks, you think of offense. You think of guys scoring goals. You think of is memorable Patrick Kane plays. the
1: third most valuable player on the Blackhawks? Because I think he is for me, despite how spectacular he is behind Crawford and Duncan Keith. Yes. Yeah, he's yeah. got I'd, I'd agree with that. Like, and I know we think we look at it a little bit different ways, and obviously Craig's a lot more intense into all the nuances of what the Blackhawks do well and what they don't do well. But Corey Croft and Duncan Keith are the reason this team is even competitive. No question.
0: No, I'm with you on that. But I just I think in in general people... People think offense when they think of the Rock completely. So if they're losing, people think, oh, the offense must not be playing that well this year or something. Or if they're winning low-scoring games, people just assume, oh, they're winning some 5-3 games. Like, no. Again, Craig can speak to this better than Jamie or I, but every time I see Chicago winning, it's because Corey Crawford played pretty well this year specifically. Yeah, this year in—yeah,
2: probably last year as well, but this season—and when I wrote this just a few days ago, he was third in goal-saved above average. I don't know if you guys— A lot of people follow those sorts of stats, but I think they're better statistics to follow for goalies than the traditional ones. Goals against average is worthless, in my opinion, and save percentage isn't much better. But in in high-danger save percentage, he's first among all the NHL goalies, which means, you know, from those areas. And there's nuance to that as well. Was it deflected? Can Can you account for all those variables across the board? But he's first in that area, and then tied for second in overall save percentage. This team is just well they're they're almost there anyway but they're sitting just above the Coyotes in the Western Conference in my opinion without Corey Crawford whoa Corey Crawford love does that give us bingo?
1: no still no bingo we're going to end up with every possible possible scenario we have to go back to to Leftovers at the end figure out what exactly that was
0: Leftovers looks pretty happy with himself so it's possible he's not even listening to our podcast Uh, They're just happy he didn't screw this one up this time Craig, give us a. Or I, I'm sorry, we're calling you by your new name, Greg. Wholeheartedly,
1: Greg, Greg, wholeheartedly.
0: Uh, give us, give, give listeners a place to look for
2: goals saved above average well, and there's, high danger. There's a number, yeah. There's different places. I mean, listen, Hockey Reference does advance stats if you want to look mm-hmm. there. Corsica is a great place, although their tables are frustrating at times because they load oddly, and if you go yeah. off screen, they they're gone again. You have to reload them. Those are a couple places to look for good stats. We should do We've it. lost so many of those sites, though. It's depressing, yeah. like War on Ice. It's unfortunate. And, yeah. yeah, War on Ice. And,
1: what was the other one we lost? There's been a few. Yeah, there's been several. Because a lot of them
0: get hired to work for NHL teams. Right. We, we need to have a... I don't know if we do a whole show, but we need to do a segment on one of these shows. Because... I know hockey fans get this bad rap from from people within the business of oh, they don't even want to look at advanced stats. I think hockey fans just want to look at advanced stats that they know actually mean something. There's so many out there mm-hmm. that
1: contradict each other. And the problem is is the way they're explained, and it's something that I've talked a lot about with Thank with you. with our hockey writing staff for a lot of. You don't have to. Act like you're always the smartest person. You don't in the have room. to talk down to everybody. Explain in a way that's easy to understand. Explain mm-hmm. puck possession. Don't use. Don't always use Corsi. Explain why something is important, not just that it's important. Because people don't want to read article. Well, they don't want to read math equations. No. But yeah. you can. But you can't. You can't leave out showing your work. You can't leave out explaining why this stat means something and expect people to take it for granted. But there's. I feel like there's a case of somebody wants to write an article like they're writing a like a college paper. Versus writing it in a way that actually helps people process and understand the information you're giving
2: them. To, say, to, to further that point, and, and I've had this conversation with people who are very versed in, in hockey analytics, that very conversation of don't you think the hockey analytics community needs to do a better job of explaining what these statistics mean in layman's terms? And a lot of them said, well, yeah, we've, we've focused on that a lot. No, you haven't. You're doing a terrible job of it because most people don't understand. And if you're going to come into the journalism arena, one of your primary functions is to... Write with clarity so people understand what you're saying. It has to be a mission for you as a journalist.
0: And then the the follow up sort of bailout sentence is just, yeah, you know, readers, the, the, how, how much do they really know about that stuff anyway? It's, it's your responsibility yes. to put it in terms that make sense. Jamie's exactly right. If I'm just, if I'm a hockey fan, a good hockey fan, and I'm reading, I don't care what some guy's course he is. I care specifically what that means in the context of the game. I think a lot of hockey fans are hungry for advanced stats, but not for 7,000 of them. Where half of them contradict the others. Right, and sprinkle f- them in. And I, you're right. I don't care how smart you are as you're writing it. I want to know specifically what this means and the impact of the game.
1: I don't want to have to read an article with a glossary to, to be able to understand it. I could say that this person is a, a strong possession player relative to other people. And I could put in, in parentheticals, here's the exact stat. Here, if you want to learn more and delve deep into it, here's where you can get that information. Yes. Here are the charts. But you got to be able to explain to, to a casual fan why it's important. Because I think people would understand a lot of the fear behind advanced analytics in any sport is misunderstanding what it means. And if you explain to somebody, say, okay, if you're playing a game, would you rather have the puck on your stick or not? I'd rather have the puck on my stick. If you're in the offensive zone, would you like more attempts at the net or fewer attempts at the net? More. Would you like more attempts at the net from close in, in in places where players tend to score more than others or less? More. People understand those concepts and that's all advanced analytics is, but it's so often presented like, a weird, I am so smart and I'm going to teach you exactly how I think versus sharing the information, allowing people to process it and understand it in a way that allows them to apply it to their watching experience.
0: Exactly the way Jamie just said it, except Jamie sounds condescending no matter what he's saying. Well, so you I have am. to filter that out. Yeah. Uh, who are your other goalies? You have Vasilevsky and Corey Crawford. Mm-hmm. And Sergey okay,
2: Babrowski. and not, no, no room for Jonathan Quick on this list. Well, Jonathan Quick has made a recent search, so he has to be a candidate. But I, I didn't write this today, Luke. Oh, okay. I mean, he wouldn't. This know. was this was at mid-season for me. Oh. Yeah, he wouldn't know because he right. didn't read your story. I'm sorry, I thought this was up to date. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Do you have Patrick Waugh on your list? Wow. Okay.
0: Um, right. Any I anybody don't know what else? To say to that. A- anybody? Any other categories you want to hit on? I think we've hit on the major I ones. I think we have. Lady yeah. Bing?
2: Did you do that one? I didn't. No. I, I know. didn't do Selkie either. I don't know. If you guys have any great thoughts on the Celtic, I don't. Board, I, I don't. Patrice Bergeron's going to win. <laughs> oh yeah, that one. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so, so yeah, we'll just give it to him. I mean, there was a couple players that stepped up last year, but then it didn't
0: matter because Patrice Bergeron's still in the league. Can we talk Olympic rosters before we wrap things up? <sighs> Do we, have we have
1: to. to? Wow.
0: Do you guys <laughs> practice that? We have to in the sense that I don't think people realize the most exciting out. international
1: tournament of the year is happening right now.
0: Where where yeah. can people go to read the Olympic rosters, Luke? Uh, I went to USA Hockey on Twitter, and that's how I got the US's roster. I can't find Canada's roster. They are fielding a team this year, right? It's in flux. Okay. <laughs> still waiting to see if the Oilers Whoa. will make McDavid available.
1: What's Russia's roster going to look like? Mm-hmm. Or excuse me, a uh, country to be named later, or whatever they're calling it.
0: I, I still maintain Sweden's going to win this thing, just because if they can skin- have all their best players. If, if
1: Sweden or Finland does not win this, that's a massive disappointment.
0: Can I read some of the U.S. Please, players? please. Sure. Like Mark Arcabello. Mark Arcabello. Um, cool. Brian Gianta. Was
1: Andy Mealy Did they break it
0: into lines? Did they uh, guess on lines? Not on this one. That's unfortunate. Unless they're running a 14 man line out there. Uh, Jordan Greenway, Chad Kolarik, Good God. Brock Little. That's not Brian Little. That's Brock Little. Um, yeah, this is your team. And yet. When you look at the other rosters, I'll keep trying to find I, sh- I swear, is
1: the team that USA is fielding tomorrow against uh, who they play tomorrow. Sweden. Mm-hmm. Is that a better team? The World Juniors mean more to me. But I'm serious. Like, I know, I know, like, I, I'm not trying, in this case, I'm not trying to be funny. Brian, Are you ever trying to be funny? Eh, okay, fair. It's a good point. Okay. But uh, that might actually, that team might have more talent, despite being on average 15 years younger.
0: I, I know that Craig was somewhat joking when he said the more important tournament's going on right now or Jamie no, that, was you are, you, that was you me Guys are me together. That. well one of them thank, them said thank you all.
1: once again for giving me the credit I deserve for <laughs>
0: that's why I'm here uh, I probably said it Luke yeah probably I probably said it earlier see, Craig, Craig just says it with more conviction you said it with his eyes you just read it I, I, but you know I gotta be honest I can't see my eyes has Canada not named their roster I have known, no idea I, 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 it's I, hidden
1: it's, this is so disappointing to me because I love Olympic hockey and I could not possibly care less. Now, I still will watch some of it because I know I will. But, like, it's it doesn't feel the same.
0: Here's two I'm pre-Olympic rosters Mark from, from July. Our
1: first line in the Olympics.
0: Yeah, I mean, because now this is this is the wrong mix of everything. The World Juniors, to me, are very reflective of where a country is in terms of developing their young players. And so when Canada freaks out that our all of our young players aren't necessarily playing hockey anymore, they're starting to branch out into other sports, and U.S. and Russia and Sweden are catching up, I think you can read something into that from the World Juniors. And Canada hasn't won the World Juniors very much in the last decade, but then the Olympics would roll around and they'd be like, see, everything's fine because we've developed Sidney Crosby and Jonathan Taves and the the super team. So I personally like watching the World Juniors more anyway because I think it means a little bit more about where the future of of a country's hockey program is going. So you could have convinced me that this year's Olympics would have been like, okay, we're not relying on NHL players. Let's see what else is out there. But these are... Some of these guys were in the NHL. Like there's
1: it's not like these are These are guys not good enough to play in the NHL, let's yeah, be honest, right? It's now. not for one like, reason or another, whether they retired or they're just flat out just not good it's enough. It's not like the Miracle on Ice team where it was a bunch of college players. I would rather see the US junior team go to the Olympics and just see what happens. I'd much rather watch that.
2: Craig has left.
1: Yeah. I don't care what
2: happens in the Olympics anymore.
1: The Olympics are dead to Luke. They're and be, and no, Greg they're just Tuck. they're.
0: See, now we're calling each they're other by each out. other's names. Greg wholeheartedly it's really broken so down here. Um, anything on the World Juniors other than uh, it's impossible to find World Junior stats online. So you better watch the well, games. Th- and
1: also that TSN has had the wrong calendar up; that's one day off the entire tournament. And they just decided not yeah. to fix it.
0: You would think that they would just have Canada's schedule right, and everybody they else can't is even wrong. get their own. Yeah, they have Canada's right. I've
1: watched a lot of junior hockey because it's on in the office during the day, so it's just it's been. It's been exciting.
0: I haven't seen as much this year, but I typically try to watch at
2: least every U.S. and Sweden and Canadian game. Are they I off a day happened. in advance or a day behind?
1: They're a day behind. Behind? You can't even explain that. Yeah. I was going to say it, maybe the
2: writer's in Australia.
1: Yeah, but I think they're, yeah, they're day, they have everything listed one day prior to the actual day. And mm-hmm.
2: to be clear,
0: these games are being played in Buffalo. Yeah, Buffalo. Which I know feels like a, a magical distant
2: place that might be like a day ahead or behind. Uh, but magical
1: is not the word that's ever been used to describe Buffalo. A you know, distant
2: place? I'll focus on the NFL playoffs there because they have a team in the playoffs. They do. Well, this ha- time in a hmm, long time. On TSN, they have the U.S. and Sweden, and then the Czechs and Canada playing today,
0: which is actually tomorrow. Yeah, and on yeah. ESPN, they just have a big question mark made yeah. out of hockey pucks. So that's your World Junior coverage. And yeah, if you well, go by the way,
1: that's ESPN's hockey coverage now. Yeah. Just a big question mark made out of hockey pucks.
0: Yeah, that's pretty much it. But at least I got the pucks right. There's actually, you know what? There's three basketballs in there for some reason. I can't figure out why. Uh, yeah, I can't find Canada's roster, so I'm just going to assume Canada doesn't have a team this year.
1: In the juniors? Yeah.
0: No, no, in the in the, the Olympics. Olympics. Eh, whatever. I found two potential rosters from late July. I think that those have probably changed a little bit.
2: So. We didn't even mention the the outdoor game on this show, by the way. Whatever. Chicago I, I, wasn't I in it, so does that happen anymore?
1: I it does nothing for Speaking me. Speaking of Buffalo. It, Out- outdoor hockey does nothing for me anymore. It's, it's been so oversaturated. I was, what was this, year 10 of the Winter Classic? Uh, I liked the Outdoor Junior game between the U.S. and Canada. It was okay. The camera angle sucked and the play sucked until the very end. <laughs> but other than that, the problem is is when the novelty of your game doesn't match up to the quality, when the novelty takes away from the quality, that's when you start to have issues. Because at some point, when you have three, or sometimes in one case, four outdoor games every year... Yeah, the, the novelty factor starts to wear off. And now the quality of play drop becomes more noticeable. They're probably
2: still making money off it, though, so they probably don't care. Um, but I want, what I want to see from the outdoor game, at least the Winter Classic, I want to see iconic venues now like Notre Dame next yes. year. And I want to see them move it to markets that haven't had the game yet. It's time to let everybody get a taste of this game, however you figure out the logistics. You did it in L.A., you can do it anywhere.
1: Also, they need to borrow the NFL's, what they call that, the Spider Cam? That goes over, like, hovers over the ice because they need a better angle. Yeah,
0: the one thing I would say, you're right. Certain venues. Because I I
1: went to the outdoor game in Los Angeles. Yeah. And from sitting like behind home plate, that's the angle you get where you really, you basically only see top half of hockey players playing. It's like they have no legs out there just playing. So you have to, you have all this technology that's used for NFL games. Can, Can you ask NBC to borrow a camera that they use for Sunday Night Football when you're in a football stadium?
0: The one thing is when you go that total side view they had of the uh, Buffalo Rangers game, you do get a better appreciation for how fast the players are skating than you do when you're just watching a regular NHL game on TV where the angle is better for you to see the whole ice, but sometimes it looks like those guys really aren't moving that fast. When you're looking closer to the side, you can see just how fast they're actually going. and
1: behind the net and when the play's in the offensive zone isn't bad either.
2: Because you can watch the the the, the play develop.
1: Yeah, Yeah. you can watch a play develop, but have that camera that goes over the top. What
2: would you do about the glare of the sun, though? Because sometimes the sun is out for outdoor games. Yeah, I, I don't know. Seems to surprise the NHL each yeah, year that there's the a sun. sun. Yeah.
1: But what did uh, just do the reverse of what China did for the Olympics, where they where they like made like they made all the clouds and smog go away? Remember that when they just changed the weather? Have you ever thought weather?
2: about how many clouds there are? at the
1: sky I, was, like? I was
0: just going to bring that up. Now that we've come full circle, it's probably yeah. going to be on the next bingo. That's, a, that's the next bingo. And party. I didn't have to take us there; you guys did. Maybe
1: they can pump in extra pollution to block out the sun.
0: Wow. And I think we've hit the uh, we've officially jumped the shark. As or, a show. or
1: or just go to LA again.
0: Um, I, I'm with I'm with Craig in the sense that you need to get the other teams involved. I, I don't I don't hate the outdoor game. I like having it every New Year's. But when you've gotten to the point where you are having three or four some years, and it's just the same teams, it feels like you have an eight team league.
1: I also wonder if maybe they should pick a different holiday, to
2: do which it. is what Canada wants, right? I think, yeah, okay. <laughs> yeah.
1: But I, I wonder if you should pick a different holiday. Because that outdoor game in the middle of every important college football game ever just feels like such an afterthought. Well, what would your holiday be then? I don't.
0: Know. We, I mean, would you? are not going to play on Christmas because every other team in the league has well, well those no, three
1: because days off. you have those, those days off. I don't know what you would do. You could do it on New Year's Eve. What if I the guess. Winter Classic no, New Year's replaced hell for sports at night? What if the Winter what Classic replaced
2: days? the All Star Game and then you just kept the Skills Challenge? What
1: if you just did the All Star Game out there, well, outdoors? Yeah, or did All- the All Star outdoor Game. Outdoor All Star Game is interesting. Go. Yeah. But I'd
0: still want the Skills Challenge probably I love indoors. the Skills Challenge. I like it more than the All-Star yeah.
1: game. But you could do the Skills Challenge wherever you want. You could do that indoors the night before. Yeah, you could do whatever you want there. And then You're going to be in a place that has multiple every Almost every major city now has multiple venues you can use. Yeah. So you're not going to have an issue of not having a place to go.
0: But I do think you need to get more teams involved. Yeah. Because you can't make the argument to me of, well, people just want to see the best teams. You just put Buffalo on TV. <laughs> so that argument went right out the window yeah. at that point. Um, are we going to come up with a poll question? We've been doing that on. What did Jamie say? What did Jamie say? You
2: can't. At you the can't. Nattie, Hattie. You can't provide answers to that though.
0: At the Natty Hattie, we'll have a poll question for episode 130. So, uh, so feel free to vote and also tweet in potential future poll questions you want us to address. But yeah, we need to figure we, out. We didn't hit Bingo again. But we need to figure out what you hit oh, for yeah, the leftovers.
1: What? You had an analytics discussion. Oh, analytics wow! Discussion.
0: That makes me feel like we're a smart. Well I thought podcast. it was something
1: to do with, with uh, the Blackhawks and He was talking payos. about Corey Crawford and he talked about advanced stats. Ah okay. Of how, course okay. he did.
0: We need an update here. So there's twenty five squares on there, counting the free square. How many I do we have? I think we're bad out?
1: at our own bingo game. No, no, we're good at this.
0: If we filled that card out the first episode, I probably would have quit. Nine left.
1: Nine left. Nine, Nine out of twenty five. How left many left. how, how many options for bingo? How many one were one away from? I know four. Is strong so Four. four. Wow. Okay
0: we're going to hit it next week
1: we better what, Is that going to be episode
0: 5 that we've had this see that's the thing my initial thought was okay we're, we're, we're not so predictable that we'd fill out the card but then now I kind of wonder if Greg maybe
1: we're just all hypocrites maybe that's the problem the things we said we just never say again
0: or or we really only had like 15 things to say and Greg was just being nice filling out a card
1: that's also possible yeah
0: that could. that's probably or, it
1: or Chris screwed up again there really wasn't again, much again, material we we're talking now.
2: about
1: <laughs> or Chris messed up again yeah
0: I'll, I'll check my email to make sure
2: he didn't miss 8 other ones all right, gentlemen, anything else before we wrap up here? I think that could be our poll question, actually. Why hasn't the, the crew hit Natty Hattie Bingo yet? Yeah. Answer A, it's Chris's Incom- fault.
1: B, incompetence. <laughs> C,
0: Quebec LOL. <laughs> <laughs> all right, we're out. I think the uh, yeah the question's going to be about the Olympics or the World Juniors or something. You're no fun. Oh, well, all right. Yeah, which are you more excited for? I don't know. No. You know, you know what? Now, just because you said that, that's not going to be the question. All right, for... Craig Morgan and Jamie Eisner. I'm Luke Lipinski. Thanks for listening to the Natural Hattrick Podcast.
1: Greg wholeheartedly.